If you have your Bible this morning and you would like to read God's Word with me, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, I want to begin reading with verse number 11. So Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with the 11th verse. Somewhere between those two, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse number 11. This is talking about Jesus. And in verse number 11, it says, And he, Jesus, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He's talking about the gifts of the ministry that God has given to the body of Christ. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for this purpose, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now understand that he's saying that Jesus gave to the church the ministry or the gifts of the ministry, pastors and evangelists and teachers and, 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 he, and, he, and he speaks of all of these things and he gives them to the church for a reason, to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry and to edify the body of Christ for a purpose, so that we would all grow up, so that we would all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ. He's talking about us growing up and being more and more and more like Christ, the head of all things. Ask you to bow your heads this morning and let's pray together and then pray the Lord bless us and help us to minister the word that he's put on my heart. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, with a grateful heart. and We ask this morning, Heavenly Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to enable us and give us divine ability to share your word. In my own ability, I am incapable, but if you will anoint me and if you will touch me and if you will use me as an instrument in your hand, to do your will. I, I yield to that this morning. I pray that you have your way. Inspire my thoughts. Inspire what is spoken. Speak to our hearts here today, we pray. And Lord, let everything that is done and everything that is said be done to glorify Christ and to edify the body of Christ, to lift us up in you, I ask. Bless me now to be a blessing. Anoint me now that I may have the ability to function as you would have me to function and share what you would have me to share. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So I want to title the message this morning, Principles of Christian Growth. Principles of Christian Growth. This is certainly not going to be an exhaustive list of things that we need to 
apply to our lives in order to have growth. But the four things that the Lord shared with me this uh, morning, I want to share with you. And the four things that he placed upon my heart as I begin to prepare and begin to uh, study for this service this morning. I want to talk about spiritual growth. How many of you believe this morning that it is important for us to grow? It is important for us to be growing in the Lord. It is important for us to mature in our walk with God. Just because you have been a Christian for 30 years does not mean that you are a mature Christian. Hello? Oh, help me, Jesus. Just because you have been in the church all of your life does not make you a mature Christian. But God desires for us to mature and to grow up and to day by day be more and more like him. Yes, when we are born into the kingdom of God, we are infants, if you will. But God challenges us to grow up into the unity of the faith, into the knowledge, and to be that perfect man. That means a mature individual in God, in Christ. The other day I read an article about a young woman who was both a medical doctor and a mother. She was the mother of a little beautiful four-year-old girl, and one day she was driving her little child to preschool one morning and she noticed that she had left her stethoscope in the front seat of the car. And while they are driving down the road, she saw her little four-year-old girl playing with her stethoscope. And her mind began to wonder and she began to think, I wonder if it could be that my little girl will follow in my footsteps and will one day become a doctor as well. Could it be that one day she will be a medical physician just like me? And while she was in faraway contemplation, she was brought back to reality. As her little girl picked up the stethoscope and spoke into it and said, Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order, please? When I read that, I thought to myself, she still may be one day grow up to be a medical physician. Hey, how many of you know we all got to start somewhere? We may not start out with a doctorate degree, and we may not start out at the top with a medical degree. Amen. But let me just tell you, we all have to start somewhere, and then we work our way up. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. And if there is no working up, there is no growth. But God intends for us all to spiritually grow. We start at the bottom and grow from one level of faith unto another level of faith and one level of revelation unto another level of revelation until we become a mature individual in Christ Jesus. Growth is imperative. It's absolutely vital. Growth is essential and indispensable. It is both crucial and critical. And let me just share with you this morning some of the verses that speak about Christian growth. Paul the apostle said to the church in Philippi, you will read it in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 9. And this is what Paul says. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. 
that you may approve all things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, that you may be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and the praise of God. But understand that Paul is saying, I desire for you to abound more and more. I'm talking about increase. I'm talking about growing. I'm talking about one level to another level in God. Paul is saying, my prayer for you is that you will abound more and more. Thank God that I'm not who I used to be, but thank God that I am not who I am going to be. Amen. I tell people all the time, the more that I learn and the more that I see in the scripture, the more I realize I need to learn. Hello? Amen. More and more abounding, always abounding, always increasing. Peter said in, in second, or first Peter chapter 2 in verse number 1 through verse number 2, Peter said, wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile and hypocrisy and envies and evil speaking. He said, lay all of that mess aside. And as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow thereby. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5 through verse 8. Peter said, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. You see what I'm talking? He said, just keep adding. Amen. Keep adding. Keep growing in the Lord. For if these things, he said, be in you, and if they abound, they will make you that you shall neither, uh, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Peter said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and our Savior, to him be glory, both now and forever, amen. All of these verses are telling us that we are, we are required to grow. The Apostle Paul said these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, he said, I put away childish things. Amen. He's talking about physical, natural growth. But I want you to understand this morning that I'm speaking about spiritual growth. Some of us here this morning have some childish things that we need to put away. Some of us here this morning have some childish thoughts uh, that we need to put aside and grow up uh, and become a mature individual in the Lord. The Bible says uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 26 uh, concerning Samuel, the Bible said, And the child Samuel grew and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. The Bible says the same thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 40, And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Verse number 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. That's growth. That, that's an example of how our relationship should be with Jesus. Amen. Understand this morning that, amen, we all need to grow in the Lord. If there is no growth, something is wrong. Can you say amen? 
If you have a little child and you take that baby to the doctor and say, Doc, the baby ain't growing. There's something wrong. Help me figure it out. If there's no growth, there's something wrong. If there's no growth in our spiritual life, then there's something missing. The Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart this past week and began to lay a couple of things upon my heart to bring to you about some principles that need to be applied in our life. If we are going to grow in the Lord, we all recognize the need for growth. But there are a couple of prerequisites, a couple of things we need to have applied, some principles that we need to apply to our life if we are going to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So bear with me this morning while I just share with you four things. Consider with me. Number one, the first thing that we need to apply or the first principle that we need to apply to our life is we have to have an appetite for spiritual things. If, if you ain't hungry for spiritual things, you're not going to grow. You're not going to have an appetite for the things of God. Mm, can I just share something with you that just the Lord just run across my mind? Some of us eat so much junk food spiritually that when it comes to real nutrition, amen, we ain't got time for it. Hello? Too much television, too much TV, too much, I mean, too many things in the world catch our eye, and we are all feasting on something else. Can I tell you this morning that if you want to grow in the Lord, you got to have an appetite for some spiritual things. You got to have an appetite for God. He said, if you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found of you. In the day that you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found. He said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But if you ain't hungry, if you ain't hungry, you ain't going to be filled. Hunger is a motivator, can you say Amen. Hunger will bring inspiration into your life. I get up in the morning about 5.15, grab a cup of coffee, and I hit the door running. And I run all day long. Often, I skip lunch. I, I skip breakfast. I skip lunch. I'm just, I'm, I'm go, go, go. Long about 5 p.m., I get hungry. Daddy needs a little something, something. Can you say amen? I sent my wife a little GEIF or a GFI or whatever those things are called of a little dog going, Yarrr. I'm hungry. I, I remember that little thing when I was growing up. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Anything. Hunger is a motivator. If you ain't hungry, you're not going to be motivated. But if you are motivated by hunger, amen, you will find you something to satisfy your hunger. Can you say amen? Understand that I'm speaking about spiritual things here. When you get hungry for the things of the Lord, amen, you get hungry for an encounter with God. When you get hungry, amen, for an encounter at the presence of the you'll do whatever it takes to feel the presence of God. You'll do whatever it takes to satisfy that hunger in your soul. Amen. But if you're not hungry for spiritual things, uh, amen, there's not going to be much inspiration. There's not going to be much drive. There's not going to be much motivation. You're willing to just float along with the tide. Just letting things go as they are. I'm good. I'm good. Amen. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
Paul the Apostle said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10, he said, oh, that I might know him. Oh, that I might know him. How many believe Paul knew him? But Paul was saying, I don't know him like I want to know him. There's a hunger in my heart. Oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Oh, he meant, I know him, but there's more. There's something else that I need. He meant, I need more of him in my life. Uh, mm. The psalmist says in Psalms chapter 42 and verse number 1, As the deer pants after the water brook, so longs my soul after thee, O God. Psalm 63 and verse 1. Amen. The psalmist said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee and my flesh longs for thee. Amen. Like a thirsty individual in a dry land. Can I tell you this morning, when you get hungry for the things of God and you get hungry for the presence of God he'll fill your soul if we're going to grow we have to have an appetite Psalms chapter 84 and verse 2 says my soul longs yea even faints for the courts of the Lord my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God Amen. When was the last time that you went to prayer, got down on your knees and shut everything outside and said, oh God, I am hungry for a touch of the master's hand. I am hungry to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. I can't go any farther. I can't walk another mile. I can't walk another step until you pick me up and bless me. I can't go another mile until I've been touched and fed by the master's hand mm. oh my soul faints for the courts of the Lord spiritual growth starts with hunger starts with hunger there have been times there have been times in my life that I have fasted for even up to 30 days can I tell you something about fasting if you don't eat for a while, three, four days go by, you will find that you ain't even hungry anymore. It's the truth. You say, you gotta be kidding me. No, I tell people sometimes I fasted for 30 days and they look at me like I fell off my wagon. What? I'm like, you know, the, the first days were the hardest. Because after a while, you just lose your appetite. Some of us have just done without spiritual things so long that we just lost our appetite. And we can take it or leave it. During that 30-day fast, I'd help my wife cook in the kitchen. I guess I just wanted to be around food. I knew I wasn't going to eat it. But, you know, I'd, I'd help make a pot of soup or whatever, and I go, you know, that looks, that looks really good. But I, w I wasn't that tempted. I, I wasn't that tempted by it, but I go, put a little of that in the freezer, and when I quit fasting, I'll have some of that. Hello? Some of us just like to put the things of the Lord off just like that. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Amen. But if we don't have an appetite, there's not going to be any growth in our life. The second thing that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart, the second thing or the second principle that we need in our lives, that if we are going to experience spiritual growth, then we must feed upon the Word of God. We must feed upon the Word of God. Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 4. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's telling us what, give us, what will give us spiritual substance. 
Second Timothy chapter two and verse number 15, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 and verse number 17. This is what the Bible says concerning itself. It says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction and instruction in righteousness. That the man or the woman of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto every good work. If we're not feeding on the word of God, we're going to miss out on some profitable doctrine. If we're not feeding on the word of God, we're going to miss out on some profitable reproof. Because I promise you, there are going to be some times that you're reading the word of God and, and the Bible will just come alive to you and you will feel your bottom getting spanked. Hello? Amen. It will reprove you. It will correct you. It will instruct you in all of righteousness. But if we're not feeding, we're going to miss out on some correction and instruction and reproof. Job, the Bible says in Job chapter 23 and verse number 11, neither have I gone back from thy commandments or the commandments of thy lips, but I have esteemed your words more valuable than my necessary food. Hmm. Psalms 119 and verse 103, the psalmist said, How sweet are thy words to my taste. Yea, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah 15, 16 said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Amen. I came to tell you this morning that if we are feeding upon the word of God, his word will nourish our spirit and cause growth in our life. Amen, amen, amen. I quoted 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 a while ago. Newborn babes desiring the sincere milk or the word that you may grow thereby. Amen. Desire it. Long for it. Feed upon it. His word will change your life. Are we feeding upon the word of God or are we feeding upon too much junk food? Are we feasting upon the word of God? Listen to what the Bible says concerning the word. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You want to build up your faith? Get in the word of God. Amen. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. Why? Because your faith has to rest upon something. And when it's resting upon the eternal, infallible word of God, you got a place that you can anchor your faith and ask with faith. Amen. Feed upon the word of God. Feed Upon his word. <laughs> Max, you bless me when you said, you know, you got up in the morning sometime and just, you know, kind of, you know, quickly went through your devotional and then moved on. We all do that. Right? We all have a tendency to do that. But oh, how important that it is to take in God's word into our spirit, man, so that we may grow by that word. It brings me to my third thing that I believe that we need in order to grow spiritually, and that is we need to take time to meditate upon the word. Meditate. Pastor Gary, what do you mean? I'm not talking about... Some Eastern mind experience. I'm not talking about meditating like that. 
what I'm talking about is when we read the word, we need to take time to allow the word to speak to our heart and meditate upon what God said. Take time to meditate upon. Often we are just, as Max spoke, we read the word and then we rush off in a fuss and never allow the word time to speak to us. But if we will meditate upon the word of God, meditate upon it in our hearts, contemplate it, Cattle have a unique ability that you can throw out a bale of hay and whether it's a bull or a steer or a cow or a heifer, they will eat as much of that hay as they can eat and then they will go lay down and they will regurgitate. It's called chewing their cud. And they will belch that back up and then just sit there all content and just... That's what we need to do with God's word. We need to take it in and then just allow it to come back up in our heart and just chew on it and meditate on it and allow it to speak to us and get the nourishment out of it and get the nutrient out of it. Often we are in too big of a hurry. We read a little scripture in the morning and then we are off and on our way. We never give it another thought. Sometimes we can read a verse in the morning and by afternoon we couldn't tell you what we read. I'm preaching the truth because I've done it myself. Hello? But if we will take time to meditate on it and bring it back up in our heart and meditate and just chew on it if you will spiritually just get all of the goodness out of it i promise you that if you will take time to meditate on it god will use his word to speak into your life if you will take time to meditate upon it god will allow his word to speak into your life i'll give you some scripture that proves that psalms 119 Verse 97 through verse 99. This is what the psalmist says. He says, oh, how I love your word. Get this. It is my meditation all of the day long. Thou, through thy commandments. Now he's talking to God. You. Through your commandments, through your word that I meditate on all day long, through your word, you have made me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. My enemies are always with me, but you have made me wiser than my enemies because I meditate upon your precepts. Verse 99, Psalms 119, verse 99. He says, I have more understanding than my teachers. I maybe like to be smarter than the teacher. <laughs> Meditate. He said, I have more understanding than my teachers. For by your testimonies, your testimonies, are my meditation. What is he saying? He's saying, I meditate upon the word of God and because I meditate upon your testimonies and upon your word, you have strengthened me and you have made me wise. Amen. You've made me wiser than my enemies and stronger than my adversaries all because I took time to meditate upon your word. Psalms 119, verse 47. He says, I will delight myself in thy commandments, uh, which I have loved, uh, and my hands also will I lift up uh, unto thy commandments, uh, which I have loved, uh, and I will meditate upon your statutes. Uh, 
Psalms 100 or verse 19 or, or chapter 19 verse 14 the psalmist said let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight oh God he's talking about meditating upon the word of the living God he said Pastor Gary all of that's Old Testament hop over in the new one with me and I'll show you some verses over there Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 Paul said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, he said, think on these things. He's saying, meditate upon these things. Meditate upon what is honest. Meditate upon what is just. Meditate upon what is pure and right and lovely. Amen. Meditate upon what is a good report. And if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate upon those things. 1 Timothy 4 and 15. Paul says to Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly, completely, Unto them. Here's why. So that your profiting may appear unto all. He's saying if you meditate upon these things, it'll be evident in your life that God has his hand upon you. It'll be evident to everyone around you that God has his favor upon your life. So take time to meditate. If we're going to grow, we need an absolute hunger. We need to feed upon the word of God and we need to meditate upon the word of God. And the fourth thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart is this. The fourth principle that we need to apply is we need to obey the word of God. We need to obey. Can I tell you something this morning? It does absolutely no good to read it, meditate upon it, chew upon it if you ain't going to do it. That's good preaching if I only got a couple of... <laughs> we must not just simply read it. We must not just meditate upon it, but we must do it. We must do it. We must apply it. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God said, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they will be white as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if not, if you refuse and rebel, he said, you shall be devoured with the sword. In other words, if you are willing and obedient, you're going to receive the blessing of God. But if you rebel and you refuse to do what you learn, then you are headed for a destructive place in your life. It's that simple. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 2. The Bible says that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. James chapter 1, verse 22 said, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. If you are just a hearer and not a doer, you deceive your own self. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 2, 21, excuse me, verse number 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of my Father. It's not just, it's not just enough to read about it, meditate upon it, and go, that's really good. Nope, you need to apply it. Romans chapter 2, verse number 11 through verse number 13. For there is no respecter of persons with God. 
For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by a law. Verse 13. For not the hearer of the law are just before God, but the doer of the law shall be justified. He's saying the one that does the will of the Lord. First John chapter 2, verse 15 through verse number 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God shall abide forever. What I'm saying this morning is we must be not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Apply that principle to your life and you'll see growth in your spirit. Don't be just a hearer of the word. And then a dismisser of the word. Oftentimes we, it's, it's, our, it's our flesh, it's our sin nature. We hear the word and then we want to deflect that somewhere else because we don't want to line up with that. So we find out all different kinds of excuses why it doesn't apply, why it doesn't, I mean, you know, we try to, Bend it around. Listen, don't try to line up the word with your lifestyle. Line up your lifestyle with the word. Hello? Be a doer of the word. I will tell you from, from an experience as a father, the more obedient my children were as they were coming up, the more freedom and the more responsibility I relinquished to them. It just, it worked that way. I mean, when they, when I told them not to do something and they, they were obedient and I knew they were obedient, but the next time they wanted to do something, they got a little more freedom. There were a few times and I'm not going to name names or <laughs> point fingers at anybody or anything like that. But there were a the few times, oh, he took his hat off. He identified himself back there. Yeah, the other one, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, but there were a few times that they shot themselves in the foot, and all I did was tighten the rope a little tighter and go, no, 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 you can't do that. Not going to let you do that. Why? Because you blew it last time I let you do something like that. Hello? Well, let me, let me just tell you something this morning. <laughs> do you think God is any different? <laughs> Do you think God is any different? I mean, if we are willing and obedient, God goes, enjoy freedom, enjoy your blessings. Enjoy. No, 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 no. You just shot yourself in the foot. Come here. I'm going to corral you over here until you learn your lesson well. Hello? <laughs> Amen. What I'm saying this morning is be obedient to the word of God. We know we know that we need to be growing and we know these scriptures that teach us about growing. But the question becomes, are we growing? Are we growing? Now, I'm going I'm to give you one of the most prevalent excuses for folks to go from one church to another. I'm not getting fed. I'm not getting fed. Maybe you're getting fed and you're just not... You're not receiving what is being given. Maybe, maybe, the, you know, maybe the responsibility, has somebody said that to you lately, Pastor? No, they haven't. I haven't heard that lately. But I'm just saying, if, if maybe, you know, maybe it's not the fact that they're not feeding you the Word of God. Maybe it's the fact that you're not applying the Word of God and you're not doing the principles that you need to do to grow. Your growth, your growth and your maturity is your responsibility. Your growth and your maturity is your responsibility. 
I could, I, my job is to preach the truth and to minister the truth to you and to encourage you and to help you and to come alongside you and help you up when you get knocked down and pick you back up and put you back in the ring. And I mean, I'll, I, and I will do, gladly do all of those things, but I got to tell you, I'm not responsible for your growth. I can tell you to eat your peas, but if you ain't eating your peas... I can tell you broccoli's good for you, but if you ain't eating broccoli. So let me just share with you what I believe that Christian growth is. What is, what is Christian growth? Well, let me just tell you a few things that it's not. Christian growth is not knowing more about God. We, we sometimes want to make it that, but it's not knowing more about God. Christian growth is not just having better theology or, or better doctrine. Christian growth is not knowing your Bible from the front to the back and being able to quote every single verse in Scripture. And Christian growth does not mean that you're a good church member. Real growth is measured by our actions. Real growth is measured by our actions. Real growth is about hunger. It's about surrender. It's about obedience. It's about service. When you are obedient and you surrender your will to the Lord and you have service for the things of God and you are hungry for the things of God, that's where real growth is released and that's where you can see growth in individuals lives real growth is about yielding to his will and relinquishing our control and the more that we relinquish our control unto him and say not my will but your will be done the more he can do in our lives Real growth is about walking in obedience and walking in a place of submission to the Lord. When you have the maturity to say, not my will, but your will be done, that's growth. When you have the ability to say, I will love my neighbors, even as myself, I'll love my enemies. And I'll pray for those who despitefully use me. That's growth. That's maturity. That's, that's being more and more and more like our master Jesus. The question is, are we hungry? Are we feeding upon his word? Are we meditating upon his word? And are we serving his purpose and walking daily in obedience? If not, I can, I can tell you, if you begin to apply some of these principles into your life, it will change your walk with the Lord. It will cause you to grow in the Lord. And I said when I began, this is not a complete exhaustive list of principles that we could add because there are a few other things that we could add this morning. But I want you to consider those four principles. Are you hungry? You go, yes, and if you will let us out of here, preacher. <laughs> I want to get to La Costa before the Nazarenes do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wrong kind of hunger. Wrong kind of hunger. Are you hungry? Or can you take spiritual things, take it or leave it? I've read that before. I've heard that before. I've heard that preached before. I've, I've, I've been there. I've done that. I'm good. I'm not hungry at all. Well, I promise you, you won't be growing at all. Are you feeding upon the Word of God, or are you feeding upon, you know, garbage in and garbage out? What are you feeding upon? Are you meditating upon the right things? Are you meditating upon the things that are lovely and pure and holy and righteous and godly? Or are you meditating upon things that you will eventually have to fight to gain control again? What are you feeding upon? What are you meditating upon? 
Are you walking in obedience? Or are you, or, or are you like, you know, some that go, well, I know what the Bible says, but that's not what I'm going to do. We do it all the time. Don't, I mean, you don't have to sound shocked. We do it all the time. I know what it says, but not me. I'll do all this other stuff, but I'm not going to do that. Hello? Well, let me just tell you, if you will begin to walk in obedience and feed upon his word, meditate upon his word, let a spiritual hunger develop in your heart, you will see growth in your life. Bow your heads, please. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus this morning, Lord, I'm grateful for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that I sensed as I preached what you have laid upon my heart. Now, I, I can do nothing more with it. So I pray that you would cause it to land upon hearts that are receptive to hear, hearts that are hungry to grow, hearts that are hungry for instruction. Speak to us here this morning through this word. Help us to apply the principles that we have shared and that we have talked about here today. That we may grow and that we may rise up and be the warrior in the army of God that you intend for us to be. In Christ's name I pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm just simply going to ask are there some of you here this morning that need to apply some of the principles that we spoke about? Yes. 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 Are you here this morning and you'd say, well, I'm, I have a hunger for spiritual things, but I'm not feeding on the Word, and I'm not meditating, and I'm not walking in complete obedience. God sees every hand, every hand. Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you, Jesus. Lord, you saw every hand lifted here this morning. Uh, I pray, Lord, as we come to you and we lay these things at your feet, that you will honor your word, Lord, and bring the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring divine ability into our lives and into our heart. As we connect with the vine, let these things be accomplished in our life. Hunger and fruitfulness and surrender and service and obedience. Touch our hearts this morning, I pray. Every hand that was lifted, Touch our hearts here today. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen.